Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. All right. Welcome to Destiny, your place for real, relevant relationship. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Good morning. So uh, I'm Levi Vincent, and I get to share the word with you guys today. How's everybody doing? Man, it's awesome. Awesome to be here. Worship was awesome this morning. Come on, give it up for the worship team. And uh, Fivefold Conference is coming up. I am credentialed through Fivefold, and we have a blast at those conferences. And uh, it's just kind of the idea that all of us can be ministers, right? And we're all called to be disciples and make disciples. And so we want to be serious about God's work. And that, that's always a blast. So uh, let's see. On your seats, I left you a little Levi Vincent Ministries card, a little information there uh, for our ministry. It's nine years now of Levi Vincent Ministries. And it's been amazing. It's been awesome. And uh, I really didn't know what... Uh, what it would exactly look like, and it's been great. We've had banquets of honor, and we've been on the streets, and we've got teams that have gone out. And, uh, you know, if God told you ahead of time what all would be required or be involved, I think sometimes we would get kind of freaked out and probably chicken out and never even get started sometimes. Uh, but then sometimes he does give us a glimpse of the future, and so we want to we wanna get into it. And that's the thing that keeps us going, is that, that glimpse of the future. And uh, so yesterday, I was out at Knights Action Park with BYO Church. Um, they're connected with Real Life Church. They have church on Saturday nights, and they're awesome. And uh, the Carters are involved there, and Stacy Carter does worship there on Saturday nights and sings with Dynasty, and they are awesome. Right, Dynasty? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We had fun, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, it was a blast. They had a fish fry, and um, it, it was awesome. Um, let me see here. I Apparently, I left some of my notes down with the with the slide team over there, but I had an overview of some things. But... Uh, Something I want to share with you guys that we're doing, uh, my ministry is going to be doing is on Wednesday, I want to go down to the Capitol on July uh, 14th, um, 7.14 is, Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 says uh, that if we humble ourselves, seek the Lord, pray, he will heal our land, right? And so God's been impressing on my heart that we need to humble ourselves and that, that praying and fasting should be a part of our walk with God for keeping ourselves humble and seeking his face. And so I'm going to go down to the Capitol and you guys can join me for a day of prayer. And I'll be down there from 11 to 1 um, on uh, whatever day that falls on. I believe it's uh, Wednesday um, next week. Um, 714. So a uh, day of prayer and fasting. It's going to be awesome. Um, another thing that we did, we did worship with BYO on Friday night. And uh, coming up, uh, there's something called Stop the Violence Project. And uh, Jesse Bates from Decatur has come and put a church on Wheeler. And uh, Reggie Smith is over there uh, doing ministry. And they have a Stop the Violence Back to School Project where they give out all kinds of backpacks and they have food and uh, they they have a huge revival and a band and tons of food they they feed over on um, Monroe and uh, at JC Park so uh, it's over south of Clear Lake on Paul Street Davis Street over by Save a Lot where we save a lot of souls come on <laughs> so uh, it's a uh, it's a back to school party and that is uh, Tuesday I'm going to be going door to door and Joni comes, and Bonnie comes, and we go hand out flyers and invitations uh, door to door. And then Saturday is the big back-to-school party this coming Saturday. We're going to be out at J.C. Park, winning souls to Christ and having a good time. Um, 
So yeah, if you follow my ministry, it's on levivincent.org and on Facebook. And I did get a ministry bike this past year. And it's this cool electric bike that allows me to just drive all over town and go to the far side on my bicycle and, and just stop and pray with people all along the way. And uh, who knows what God has in store for us. But I'm really believing that uh, this is a brand new season and we're going to do new things, right? You know, sometimes we get stuck in a pattern of just doing the same old thing. And then we start looking in the past and saying, uh, man, I wish we could get back to those good old days. Remember when we did this? Remember when we did that? But God wants to do new things. He wants to take us deeper. And a lot of those things were just training grounds and just seasons. But now we're going to win more souls and God's going to give us new strategies. And really the key is this is it. You guys are the army. You guys are the body of Christ. You guys are to do the work of the evangelist and get out there and be soul winners. So who's in fire starters right now? Come on, raise a hand. We got some soul winners right there. Um, who's been through fire starters and school leaders? Come on. So you guys are the army that, that is equipped. And uh, you might, I know how it is. The devil wants to tell us, no, 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 you still need more training. You, you don't got what it takes. But I'm telling you, you guys have what it takes. And God uses you specifically the way you are, right? And get this, some of us are motorcycles, some of us are Lamborghinis. Some of us are Jeeps. Some of us are dump trucks. Some of us are bicycles. And you might think, well, man, I don't have the same vehicle that person has. You know, I, I wish I was more like them. But no, we all have our own unique gifts and, and skills. But we're all called to be a light. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to get into that. Uh, but let's pray before we get started even though we've already prayed today, we can pray again. So Lord God, we just, I want to put our eyes on you, Jesus. And, and we thank you for, for the word today, God. And I pray, Lord, that I could just uh, adequately express your word and your power. And that uh, people here and online, whoever's watching, would be encouraged today. And that your spirit would move here right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, it's been a long year, right? 2020 was crazy, and I thought 2021 would be better, but we should have known better. <laughs> that the year, Ryan told us this, I think, last year, that just a year doesn't make a difference. The number doesn't matter, right? And uh, I've been tested, okay? Like, it's been a test for me. And uh, Beth and I were talking, my wife Beth, wave your hand. Um, even Braden and Raina came out to s see us today. But we were talking and, and uh, we were like, you know, we haven't faced, we feel like we haven't faced a ton of giants, okay? So I don't quite feel completely adequate to preach the sermon I'm going to preach today because I haven't faced a million giants, okay, you know? And I'm going to preach on giants in the land today. And, you know, but this, this 2020 was quite a, quite a giant, right? And uh, now we're into some new things this year. Uh, but some of you guys have been facing giants for a long time, right? Some of you guys have been facing some big giants. And you guys are going to know exactly what I'm talking about today. And I hope that you can be encouraged today by the Word of God to... Uh, to really take a stand of faith today. And, uh, but I've been tested. I've been tested. And, uh, but I'm, I'm by faith today going to be an overcomer and declare victory, right? Anybody else kind of there with me that just by faith, I am victorious. <laughs> by faith, I haven't quite seen everything that I'm hoping for today. But by faith, I've got the victory. I'm going to see breakthrough. And we are going to overcome. And so I'm thankful, though, because the test and the stress of the past few years has given me, made me go to my knees and call out more on God. So if you're going through something, just call out on God and, and realize that this is a great time for your faith to be tested and to be strengthened. Because I'm telling you, if you can overcome this giant, the next one's going to be all the more easier, right? 
And uh, God's given me a hunger for souls, and he's given me more of appreciation for wisdom and understanding and uh, a hunger for, for uh, spiritual things, right? Because the world doesn't satisfy. Like Jeremy was saying, this world does not satisfy. And I believe God has given me a strategy for overcoming these giants that we face and a dependence on him and seeking him and hearing his voice and most of all, love for people, right? Love for people. So God is taking you into a new season. You might think, well, I don't, I like the season I'm in, you know? (laughs) Nobody wants change, right? But he has more for you, right? And uh, guess what? The Lord disciplines his children that he loves. So don't be surprised when you get disciplined. And discipline isn't always just mean a swat on the butt, okay? Like, who, who thinks of that when you, when you hear the word discipline? I don't know. Like, for me, that's kind of sometimes it comes to my head, but that's not a bad thing. But what I'm saying is discipline is make your bed, brush your teeth, and, uh, and become the person that you're made to be, right? Uh, I have the word for you, take heart, do not grow weary, for in due season you will reap a great harvest, okay? So we are going to win souls. We are going to see God's kingdom come. We're going to have the ha-has of heaven. We're going to have victory and breakthrough, and we're going to focus on what God is doing and not what the devil's doing, right? He's such a liar. He's a toothless lion, okay? He, he, He is... He's a bragger, and he likes to make a lot of noise, and he's got a loud bark, and he's all over the media, and he wants to divert our attention, and he's got a big bark, but he's, he, he's nothing compared to God, right? He's just a little ant that can be flicked around, and our God is so much bigger. But what happens is we focus on what the enemy is doing, and we start to give glory to the enemy, Right? And uh, that's what we're going to battle against today. We're battling against the fear. We're battling against the depression and all the lies. And, uh, you know, I heard it said one time that um, whatever whatever you put before God and you focus on um, could become an idol, meaning say the things you're praying for, say the things that you're stressed out about or worried about, and you start praying about them all the time. Next thing you know, they grow in size, and then God only seems this big, right? So these problems that we're facing, if we're not careful when we're praying about them, and they start becoming so big to us, and they become the center of our prayer, they can become an idol to us. You know, what are we afraid of losing so much that that becomes the prayer in our life? Lord, help me not lose this. Help me not lose that. And that thing just starts getting so big. But really, we need to worship Jesus. And we need to keep him in our prayer life. And and so when we pray, it's, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. You know, let's exalt Jesus when we're praying. So in your times of prayer, Yes, we need, there's so many types of prayer and prayers and supplications and uh, requests that need to be made, but is Jesus on the throne in your heart? Is he exalted? Is he the biggest thing in your life? And do you have courage and joy that he is victorious over this thing? Let's get some faith today. Come on. So, uh, giants in the land. I'm going to introduce with Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8, where God tells Moses to possess the land. And right leading up to this scripture in verse 7, I'll just read it to you. I don't think they have it on the slide, but it says, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Now, this is Moses commanding the Israelites, go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in, take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. So here it is. This is the call to possess the land. That's what we're going to be doing. That's, that's what we're talking about today. In Numbers 
chapter 13, verse 2. It says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. All right, so they got the call to go. Now they're getting the call to go spy out the land. That's what we're going to be doing today. Let's spy out what promised land God has for us today. Now, this is what happens when they go. Check it out. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Okay. If you don't know the backstory here, Joshua and Caleb and 12 spies went in to Canaan to spy out this promised land. And there was grapes this big that they carried out on big old sticks, and there was a land flowing with milk and honey, but there was also giants, right? Uh, look, um, there was giants in the land. That's because they're in the land of Canaan. We're going to get into that. Where did these giants come from? What's going on with them? But just to introduce all of this is when they, when they go in to do it, 10 spies said, we can't do it. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, said we can do it. This is the good report, and I like this good report. Let's, oh, I'm just, don't take it away. No, don't, go right back. Uh, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Let's just say that right now. For we are well able to overcome it. All right. But 10 spies said this in Numbers 13, verse 32 and 33. They said... This is the bad report. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. That's no good. That's the bad report. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Oh, no. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. The bad report. All right, so I'm going to give you a little story. Um, my promised land, um, uh, my, my grandpa passed away last year, and uh, that, was a, that was just one more test of 2020, and uh, one more thing that's that just kind of a trial. But he, he left uh, me an inheritance for me to make a down payment on a home. And so praise God, I'm going to inherit the land and I'm getting a, a new home, right? Because that's something we've been praying about for years. And uh, so we bought this home December 31st or December 30th, and we still haven't moved into it yet. So uh, we inherited a promised land, but uh, we still haven't quite taken full possession of it yet. It's six months later. And we still, anybody feel my pain on that? I don't know if you've, if you've faced that giant before, but we thought we'd move in in January, but uh, taking possession of the land wasn't all that we thought it was going to be. Apparently, there are some giants we had to face. But this is the funny thing is uh, our realtor uh, said to us before we went into it, and see, like, I knew there was a few things we were going to have to fix up. More than I really wanted to, but this house seemed like the right house for me, okay? It just, there was something about it that we thought we could see ourselves living there, which we hadn't seen at the other 5,000 homes we looked at over the past five years. And so we, it's not like we just rushed into this thing. I mean, we prayed about it. We we're looking for it. And, uh, but there was a lot of problems in this home that we knew we were going to have to fix. But, you know, me being naive homeowner, didn't realize like really what was required to redo subfloors and and uh, move electrical panels and meters and and uh, redo master baths and stuff like that. Those were just the giants we knew about. There were sneaky giants in there too. But my realtor said, "Well, you know what? You're a person of faith, and I, I just feel like there's giants in the land." And and so uh, the funny thing is, I just said that to Beth the night before. I said, "You know, I, I think we got to do it. I just think there's giants in the land." And then my realtor says that the next day. I was like, "Why'd you do this to me? <laughs> I, I don't I don't like this." And so. Uh, 
like we were shaking in our boots, even just taking this step of faith anyway. And, uh, and, uh, sure enough, we're still shaking in our boots. Like, like we're still not in yet. And I still don't know what else we're going to face once we get there anyway. Um, but that's kind of my promised land in the giants, uh, right now. But as I'm talking about this, maybe you're asking yourself, what's your promised land? You know, what is something you've been praying about for a while? And it could be in the natural. It could be in the, in the spiritual. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, salvation is definitely our best promised land in the spirit. And then we need our health, our mind, body, soul, and spirit. And, and then your calling in your life. David and Tommy coming into possessing the land with refiner's fire, right? Come on. And, uh, but I'll tell you right now, there's more. And God has impressed this on me that whatever promised land that you think there is, there's more, okay? And uh, it, I don't even know how to express that to you right now because the Bible says that the things that God has for us, the spiritual things God has for us, that the mind can't even conceive them, right? The mind can't even conceive the things God has for you, but by the Spirit, you can comprehend that, right? You guys are spiritual people. So that means you're supposed to be comprehending the promises that God has for you. That doesn't mean we always do it because we're natural looking at the things around us. But let's open up our spiritual eyes today and let's say, God, impress on me my destiny. Put in me my hope and my vision for my future. Um, so come on, let's, let's pray that let's, let's just open up our spirit right now. Father God, we, we want to inherit the land, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd put destiny on our hearts right now, Lord. You stir up our expectations and put a bold spirit in us like Caleb today, God, Caleb and Joshua. Let that be your prayer today. Say, make me like Caleb and Joshua today that believes, that, that keeps their eyes on the milk and the honey and the grapes and doesn't focus on the giants, in Jesus' name, amen. So next question is, what are your giants? Well, the evil that's out there right now, the sin that is tempting us, and the fear that's coming against our faith. 2020 seems like the fear of hell was unleashed on the world, and now we become official germaphobes forever. It seems like Beth told the story that she actually she actually knew somebody that struggled with a mental illness of being a germaphobe. And when you walked into this person's house, you had to wear a mask, put on gloves, and be sprayed down with hand sanitizer. And um, this is like heaven to that person, but it was an actual, uh, an official mental illness to be completely afraid of everything. And I rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus. I'm not afraid, okay? We rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus because God has given us an overcoming, conquering spirit. And uh, of course, there's wisdom, but uh, we rebuke the fear in the land. And, and I'll tell you what, like, God is so much bigger, and there is an attack on our faith in this, this nation all over the world. It's not this nation. It's, we're, just, we're just getting reverberations of what's going on around the whole world. It's way worse everywhere else, but, but uh, we, we rebuke that fear. God is on the throne. And, uh, but you've got to call it for what it is, you know, uh, because otherwise it's just going to overtake you. And so we just... We just got to recognize when fear is there. Fear is a spirit, okay? So I don't want anything to do with that spirit. The Bible says God has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, right? It says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And during worship today, I was just recognizing the fact that you can be in the presence of fear, you can recognize it, but you don't have to let it consume you because what's greater is that power, love, and a sound mind. And peace is a spirit. Peace is a spirit. That sound mind, the, the prince of peace, the Lord is a spirit. And man, when you have that spirit in you, the other spirits don't seem like anything to you, right? Come on. 
power, love, and a sound mind. That's a spirit, okay? The spirit of the Lord. And fear is a spirit. And our faith is under attack. And I'm telling you, God, you know, the spirit of this world doesn't like God. They, they might call it a lot of things, but really, it's an attack against God. Okay, so, we, you know, we're, we just call it what it is. It's, God is under attack. Faith is under attack. So, that's the giants we're talking about. So what can we learn from Scripture about giants and how to defeat them? Well, I started doing a big old study on giants, and I started, you know, it's kind of cool, you know, like you get into the battle stuff, David and Goliath, and, uh, but I'm really fascinated of, about how um, early in Scripture we start hearing about giants and how big of a part of the Bible, these giants of the Old Testament, these giants really are. All the way back in Genesis uh, 3.15, let's start right there, and uh, let's just go to Genesis uh, chapter 3. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is Adam and Eve, and the snake in the garden, and the prophecy that God gives that Adam is going to trample on the head of the serpent, right? That's all the way back in the beginning. In uh, Genesis uh, chapter 6, verse 4, we have, There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. So there's a dispute. Uh, you know, there's different theories on what this is, whether the sons of God are just the sons of uh, Seth, and uh, they were holy and righteous because they were made in the image of God like Adam was, and they followed after Adam's way of following God. And then there's the idea that angels came and, uh, uh, you know, in, intermarried with uh, uh, women, and they had children uh, that were giants, you know. Either one, which, I don't know, it says the sons of God came and the daughters of men, they bore children to them. All we know is whatever happened, something corrupted these men, and there were giants. And they weren't the giants like we have today that, like, had disabilities, you know, and it was, it was a problem. No, these were mighty men, and these were giants. And let's check out what... Uh, you know, God said that in those days that all humanity became corrupt. This was the days before Noah. And there was such evil in the world that every desire and thought of and intention of men was evil. So God said, something's become wrong here with the human race. And the only one perfect in his generations is Noah. Noah was the only one that says that was perfect in his generations. So Noah had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And they took wives, and they got on the ark. But let's just see what, um, what happens. Genesis 9, 25. Just kind of checking out where these giants lie in the Old Testament. Get a little history lesson. Giants 9. Then he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. So Canaan was the son of Ham. All right? And uh, after the flood, Ham came into Noah's tent, and there was something perverted that happened in that tent. And God, through Noah, said, Cursed be Canaan, the son of Ham. And all of these giants that we're reading about from the time of Noah come from the descendants of Canaan. So I find it interesting as we go on here in Genesis chapter 14, um, let's go on here. Genesis fourteen five. Well, this is where Abraham um, started having interactions with giant races and with the Canaanites. And then Genesis fifteen verse eighteen is where God promised the promised land to Abraham. It says this right here in Genesis 15. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So who gets the land of Canaan? Abraham. 
goes all the way back to the beginning. So it's interesting that Canaan was cursed, the, the one where all the giants came from, and now Abraham has got to go defeat all the giants. So, so Abraham's going to go take over the land. This is, this is how the whole Bible starts. And it, I didn't realize how big of a deal these giants were from the beginning. I mean, that's why the whole flood even happened. It's because there was something wrong with the human race. There was corruption in our DNA that needed to be wiped out. There was, there was evil that had happened on the earth, and there was corruption. There was literal giants that had to be wiped out by the flood. And then now, um, but there's been some, there was, uh, Noah was good, but he brought his three sons, and there was still something wrong with Ham's generations. So Ham had Canaan. There's something wrong with Canaan's generations. Now, even though the whole wipe was, earth was wiped clean, now there's still something going on uh, with Canaan. So God says, Abraham, I'm going to give you Canaan. We need to go deal with this mess that still is going on in the earth. So Abraham goes to check out what's going on in the promised land. Now, uh, that's where I'm going to stop and just preach a little bit. And I'm, I've got three points for you this morning. It says, we have not arrived. This is not our home. And he is not finished with us yet. All right? So if you think you've arrived and you're comfortable in wherever you're at, I got news for you. You have not arrived yet. And uh, there are still battles to be fought. Um, so don't be surprised when things don't go right and there's still some giants to defeat, right? This is not our home, so it doesn't have to be perfect. I wanted that house to be perfect. Who wants their house to be perfect when you buy a new one? And it never is, right? Uh, I'm learning. And uh, this is not our home, and he is not finished with us yet. You know, these trials that we face are going to develop perseverance and character. Who needs some more of that? And, you know, character, perseverance, hope, that's what I want. Now, now I know some of you guys got your eyes on some fancy cars. I know some of you got your eyes on fancy homes. That's me. I know you want that better job and you want some more money. But what's so funny is that God's not interested in us having those things so much, okay? Yes, he likes to bless us, and yes, he wants to give us good things, but that is not his goal for our life. Our life is not, our home is not here. This is not our home. God is actually wanting to develop our character. God is developing our character, and he wants to give us so much, so many things that are so much better than money and things. He actually wants to give us humility. He wants to give us love. He wants to give us compassion and faith and hope, the things that are going to last forever. And but we're not so interested in those things. It's like, thanks, God. It's like, it's like Christmas Day and you get this present and your parents give you some clothes and the things you really need. And you're like, but I wanted those toys. And, and you know, you know even, if I, even if I give my, my kids, like, you know, some tools, you know, like, they'd be like, no, that wasn't what I had in mind. I, I don't want some tools. I want some toys. And... Uh, so he is not finished with us yet. Um, so uh, let, let's just see. I, I'm just going to sum up kind of what we talked about. I know there's the, the giant thing. Maybe uh, some of my scriptures are all over the place there. But, you know, we, we've got Noah and the, the world had to get uh, wiped out because giants were in the land. The Nephilim were in the land in those days and they had to be wiped out. But uh, Noah was good. But his sons, there was something wrong. Uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth doing okay. But Ham, there's something wrong there with Ham's line. Um, now, we all, the, you know, Abraham and all them, they come from uh, Shem's line, okay? And uh, there's, there's a blessing there in the scriptures as you study it there that, that that's where Abraham's going to get the blessing uh, because he comes from Shem's line, um, and it's just super fascinating. Um, but then, you know, who's the first person we hear about? Right in the book of Genesis, the first story we start hearing about is Abraham. And what does God want to give Abraham? A promised land. 
And what is that? It's the land of Canaan, the one that got taken away from Ham's son. And there's giants in the land. Okay, but we don't really hear about the giants till Moses. But did you know that Moses was a giant killer? Moses killed giants. I didn't even know that. We always hear about David, but Moses killed King Og of Bashan. Okay, so even back then, Moses had to, to kill. Um, then we have, uh, you know, Isaac and Jacob before Moses. Um, but let's get into Numbers chapter uh, 14. Um, the Israelites are still trying to possess this land. We go from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and they're still trying to possess the land. Jacob gets his name changed to Israel. There's the 12 tribes of Israel. Now Moses is delivered Israel from Egypt and leading them into this promised land, the land of Canaan, right? We know about the Exodus. We know about the Israelites getting taken out of Egypt. Okay, getting set free from Egypt is like getting saved and getting set free from all that sin. Okay, but now we need to possess the land. And now there's still some battles. God still has more for us. But on the way there, this is what happens. Numbers chapter 4. So all of the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Okay, let's go to the next verse. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we have died in the wilderness. Let's keep reading. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Oh. So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. I know that feeling because six months later, I haven't quite possessed that land and I still live in my old house and I could easily just give up on this whole project of trying to possess this new land. And only God knows what I'm really going to do. I can't even promise you anything. But... <laughs> But all I know is the temptation is there to just give up on that dream. I, I mean, I just kind of want to just say, you know what? It's too hard. There's too much fixing up I need to do. And it, why did I want a bigger house anyway? You know, like, why did I think that'd be a good idea? Why did I think a bigger yard would be a good idea? You know, like more mowing, bigger roof, more shingles, more repairs, all this stuff I got to do. And I, I, could, I could say, you know, Lord, why did you want to give me that anyway? That was just more work. Well, what if some of the things God has to give us do require more work? And what if through that work, we're going to get some patience and skills and develop something inside of us? And God keeps telling me, well, there's no victory without a battle. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Lord. I get, to, I get to be victorious. Um, so check it out. You know, the Israelites are murmuring. murmuring. What, is, uh, what does uh, Jesus say in, uh, num in Numbers 14? Uh, God says to the Israelites, your fears will come true. Okay? I don't even think I pulled up the scripture, but it's there in the story. God tells them, okay. Because you said that, and because you're afraid, you're going to get what you said. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, not give you the promised land because you don't believe for it, and you're not going to inherit it. And I'm like, what? So we've been reading the Bible this year with my kids, and uh, you know, we, we do this yearly Bible, and we've just been trucking through the Old Testament here and just... You wouldn't believe how many times you hear in that Old Testament that, like, possess the land, go, you know, go, keep going, keep going, and you won't believe how many times you hear, like, you will not inherit this land because you have feared, you have feared, you have feared. You will not inherit the land. It's like, wow, that is all you hear about through the Old Testament. And guess what? None of those Israelites inherited the land. And then Paul tells us that we need to learn a lesson from them because, you know, we're going to be facing the same temptations today as we're trying to inherit the, our salvation. You know, there's an attack on our faith. 
And, and some of you guys are, are, are being tempted to just go back to your old ways and say, you know what? It's just too hard living this Christian life. It's too hard to just keep going. And it was a lot easier just living before. Don't listen to that. That's a negative report because what that is is you start focusing on how good it was in Egypt. But it wasn't that good in Egypt. You were a slave in Egypt, and you couldn't do anything you wanted to do. You were a complete slave, and you had to always do what the devil told you to do. But no, God wants you to be free, to be holy, to be righteous, and he wants to give you the promised land. So don't lose sight of your goal. If you've given up, if you've forgotten, it is so easy to just even forget all the promises of God. Like Beth and I have almost forgotten why we even wanted this house. All we could do is focus on all the problems. Like we, we couldn't focus. We couldn't barely, I can't even barely remember what, what like I had faith for in the beginning, that picture of the dream home that I had in my mind. I, it's just like just this little tiny pinhole of light. And now I just, I just want to just say, you know what, let's just forget about it. Um, I'm just telling you, though, that, that God delivers you from Egypt to make you a giant slayer. Uh, there are giants in your life that are making you settle for less. I'm telling you, I am, I am culprit of this. I have settled for less. I've forgotten the prize. I have not reached it. I have not attained it. And I let fear dictate my actions all the time. But I'm telling you that there is more. There is more glory. There is more testimony. There is more healing. There is more victory. There is more desires. Don't be satisfied with less. I'm telling you, remember the dreams that God has put in your heart. These are deep things, okay? The desires that God has put in your heart are very deep things. And because this world is so carnal and we're so fleshy that we forget the real desires that we have. The word desire, I don't even know what comes in your mind when I say the word desire. But if I was to say it to somebody that doesn't know the things of God, it's a fleshy, carnal word. Because we, our flesh desires food. Our flesh desires pleasure. Our flesh desires physical things. But these are just fleshly desires. God has put in spiritual desires for an intimate relationship with him in your life. That is a spiritual desire. God has put in desires inside of you that really, really satisfy you. Because I'm telling you, food only satisfies for a little while, but there a while, but there are spiritual hungers and desires that God placed in you that will really, really satisfy you. And some of you maybe have even forgotten what those things are. You know, it's so weird how we can forget the things that really make us happy, the things that we really, really crave. And uh, you know, this is not our home. So uh in Numbers, Moses kills Og, and uh, God delivers you from Egypt to make you a, a giant slayer. So come on. Uh, so then we come to David, right? The, the famous giant slayer. And he, uh, he was righteous. And he, you know, Goliath came out to him. And if you remember, Goliath came out and was like, Ha, 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 I'm the best. And he's putting fear in the land. And everybody was afraid of, of Goliath. But David, he overheard what was going on. He said, who's this guy? And he said, who dares defy the ranks of Israel? You know, and, you know, David, you guys think David was just a little boy with a slingshot at the time. But no, David was already a man of war at that point in time. David had done battles and he was known for being a man of war at the time. And that's why Saul called for him. When, when David started saying, ah, we can do it, we can do it, Saul called for David. You know, if he was a little boy, I don't think, I don't think Saul would have been calling for the little boy. But David was a warrior, and Saul called for him. And Saul tried to give him his armor. And Saul put a big old armor on him, put a big old sword in his hand, and, and uh, tried to warn him against it. But David said... I, no, 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 you don't understand. I have killed lions. I have killed bears. I done this with my bare hands. See, what happened was is 
David had already beaten some giants. So he had some experience, you know, beating a lion and a bear is a giant, okay? It might not be as big as Goliath, but those are some smaller giants that he'd face. And some of you guys have already faced some giants in your life, but those have just prepared you for the next one. So you got to get excited with me here about facing some giants because I can't do this alone. We need to, we need to face these giants, you know? And David had awesome courage. And uh, he, he said, no, no, no. I know you do it with swords and stuff, but God made me unique. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a bulldozer. I'm not an a aircraft carrier. I got my slingshot. I'm going to do it my way, the way I know how. So what did he do? He went and grabbed five stones. Well, why did he grab five stones? Five's the number of grace. It could be because he's just believing in the Lord's favor and grace. But guess what? Goliath had four brothers as well. I don't know if you know that. There was four more giants other than Goliath that, that David was planning on killing. So I believe he had so much faith, he said, you know what? I'm going to grab one for Goliath, one for his brother, one for his other brother, and he grabbed five stones. And he went up to Goliath, and he just chucked that rock right into Goliath's head and crushed his skull. And that Goliath went sinking to the ground with a big old thud. And, you know, once you beat one, just bring them on. Bring them on. Come on. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, we have beaten some giants in here. You got to remember how the last one fell in your life. And um, just being saved, like I told you, one of our giants is salvation. And some of you guys have said no to your addictions. And some of you guys have overcome the temptations that are coming to you. But there's more giants. And you're going to defeat them in your life. And the, the vision that God has for you is to be whole. Okay, to be healthy. So I'm looking over the crowd and God is saying, you're my child. You're created in the image of God. You've got a destiny to be mighty and victorious. And some of you guys have been settling for letting the enemy come in and tell you where to go and what to do. And Goliath's been putting his fear over you and, and saying, ah, you're not big enough to do it. But some of you guys got to get the courage of David to stand up against him and say, you know what? That thing that has been taunting me and ridiculing me and mocking me for this long has got to go. There can be no giants in the land. They will corrupt the whole community. They're going to corrupt the whole nation, and we have to get rid of every single giant. You might be like, well, it's just, a, it's just one more. I mean, I've already killed four. How many do you want me to kill, you know? Let's get rid of all of them. God has called us to be a holy people. God has called us to be a righteous people, so we have to get rid of every giant in the land. Come on. So what's crazy is after those four giants that David and his men kill, we don't hear any more about them. Something wonderful happened. I have never seen a giant. <laughs> have you guys? <laughs> They're gone. Like, they, they were defeated, okay? And What's crazy is, guess who the greatest giant slayer is? You know, we heard about Moses. We heard about Noah. You know, Noah took him out. He took every single one of them out, you know, um, with, the, with the ark. And, uh, you know, we hear about uh, David in, in this, but guess who the greatest one is? Jesus. Jesus is the greatest giant slayer that we know. And um, good God, he gives us the victory. He gives us the victory. Come on. Let's see what we got. Luke 23, 33. Let's just, let's just go right to the spot where Jesus slayed the final giant, right? That big serpent that we heard about all at the beginning. Oh, it's Mark. It's the, it's the, Mark, it's, it's the Mark verse that I gave you. And they brought him right here, Mark 15, 22. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull. This is Calvary, okay? Calvary and Golgotha, same place, the place of the skull where Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. Well, uh, it's a place of the skull. It's where they buried dead bodies. Some people think it could even be the place where David buried the, the head of Goliath, okay? Because so, when uh, after David beat Goliath, he went and chopped that giant's head off, okay? And he went and carried that head around. He's like, look at that right here. 
and struck fear in the enemy's camp. And then he went and buried that head, okay, right here at the place of the skull. And this is the place where Jesus, Jesus overcame the real giant, the devil. Come on, who's been wrecking humanity. Uh, come on. This is the place. What, what are these giants all about? Fear, pride, and selfishness. Um, what happened, these giants, they used their power to, to terrorize the world, okay? And that's, that's what the giants were all about. They could have used their giantness to be men of renown and heroes of old, okay? They could have been big friendly giants, okay? Like the, the, the Nephilim, they could have been big friendly giants, but they weren't. They were terrors, and they used their power, and they used their strength to terrorize the world. That's no good in God's eyes. Pride, no good. God doesn't like the pride, and that's what giants represent. They represent pride. If you notice, in, uh, after the days of the flood, these men were trying to build the Tower of Babel up pride, pride, pride. They kept going, the pride, pride, pride. God said, hey, if they have all the pride they're going to get, they're going to overcome. We got to do something about this pride. So he confused their language and spread them. God is opposed to the proud. So what's the opposite? Because the devil wants you to be a nasty giant. He wants you to think that you can be the most powerful person and go and terrorize the world and have it your own way. Uh, the opposite of that is humility. Um, you know, ever since Jesus defeated the devil, he's told us, and he gave us, he gave us a calling, and he said, um, he said, go and cast out demons, right? He, you know, I, I don't see any more giants anymore, but now the giants that we need to face are spiritual demons and wickedness in high places. We have to go cast out the demons, okay? And I noticed, interesting enough, that Jesus said that some of these only come out by prayer and fasting. I thought, that's interesting, that the, the strategy and, and the weapon that we have against our modern-day giants, which are demons and evil, is prayer and fasting. Uh, the, these giants only come out, and that humility is... The strategy, okay? So we got to humble ourselves. Um, and it's funny that Jesus talked to the Pharisees. Even though they were Jews, he called them children of the devil. And, you know, it's like that was a pretty big insult, you know, being a Jew, being a, somebody that was supposed to possess the land of the giants, and to cast out the giants and the serpent seed, right? The cast out all the demons. And he's saying, no, you're a child of the devil. No, no, we, I thought we wiped out all the children of the devil. I thought we killed all the giants. And then he's saying, no, no, you're becoming just like your father, the devil, because you're letting pride come into your life. And so today, we don't want to be like the giants of, of evil. We want to be humble and, and, and have a childlike hearts. And Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am hum humble. Okay? This, this is what we need to learn from God. Micah 6, 8 says, act justly, choose mercy, and walk humbly with your God. This is what God requires of you, to, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, so what does this look like? Deuteronomy chapter 7, going back to the beginning, uh, Moses is saying, I'm going to bring you into the land of the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons, for they will turn your children away from me to serve other gods, and the Lord's anger will burn against you and quickly destroy you. This is what you are to do to them. 
break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their idols in the fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of the peoples of the face of the earth to be his people, his treasure possession. (laughs) We got to wipe them out. Every demon, every idol, every single thing that exalts itself above the name of God. We've got to wipe it out. And we've got to get a holy, righteous anger for the things of God. Are you guys with me? The Lord says in verse 7, The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. But those who hate him, He will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate him. That's that's, that's craziness right there. He will repay to their face. Therefore, take take care to follow the commands and decrees and the laws that I give you today. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you. Come on. It's, it's, it's a God of love, and he loves us, but he doesn't want us to be slaves in Egypt, and he doesn't want us to lose sight of our possessions. He, want us, he wants us to be just like him and to be in his image and to be mighty warriors. Who's the greatest giant slayer? Jesus. He, he did it. And everywhere he went, he was casting out demons. And how did he do it? He humbled himself. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that God humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. So God exalted him and gave him the name that was above every other name. Come on. If you want to be exalted, you have to humble yourself. And that, that is the only way to do it. God doesn't necessarily want to go around and humble you. You get to humble yourself. And what is one way we can do that? It's just by prayer and fasting and obedience. I know that's crazy to hear. It's like, wow, there's really something to that. Um, You know, there's going to be detours. God is in the detours. You ever heard that Satan's in the details? I've heard that God is in the detours. Okay, so when things don't go quite the way you expected them to, like our kids being in remote learning or or my mother-in-law breaking her ankle, or my mom breaking her back, or, you know, it's like you could start focusing on all the bad things that are happening, but I'm telling you that God is in the detours. If there's a, you guys know those detour signs? From now on, every time you see one, and do you ever grumble when it's like, ah, I don't want to go that way. From now on, just say, no, God's got a little plan up his sleeve for me. I'm going to find a treasure around the corner. God is in the detours. And, and you know, when, when things start stacking up against you and everything starts going the wrong way and you're thinking, am I ever going to get a break? You know, I'm telling you, that is the exact time that God is about ready to give you your greatest victory. That God is stacking up the battlefield for you. He's lining up the giants so you can just go one, two, three, four, five. You're going to knock them all down in a row. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to be a person who says, I can't believe it when things work out. Because how many times when finally you get to the end of that victory and it did finally work out and you're like, I can't believe how God did that. That was so awesome. Like, I don't want to say I can't believe it. I want to say I knew it. I knew God was going to do that. So let's rehearse that right now. I knew it. I knew God was going to come through for me. I knew it was going to work out. I knew that was the house God had for me. I knew it. I forgot it for a while, but I knew it. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, like, 
I told the fire starters class this one time. One time somebody bought something from me on Craigslist and they, they said, hey, I'm going to give you 20 extra because you're a minister. I was like, sweet. And they, they drove away and I, t- they, I took a wad of cash and I walked away and I started counting it. It wasn't $20 extra, it was $20 less. And I was like, what? There's got to be a mistake. And I was like, I, I didn't even know what to do because like, Maybe I dropped it or something. I can't call the guy and be like, hey, you gave me $20 less than what you said. Like, you're a liar. I'm not going to do that. I didn't know what to do. I was just bummed and it didn't work out. And, but uh, I remembered my laugh breaks. And I was like, wait a minute. This is a perfect opportunity for a laugh break right now. Because when things don't go right, it's a detour and... Just hold on now. I know God has a way of working things out for my good. So I just mustered it up. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Because I don't want to be looking foolish when God does finally work it all out. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I knew God was going to work it out. Like, you, you, there's so much opportunity for us to just to just live in the doubt and live in the bummed out and just be like, man, things aren't going good, but why don't we just have some faith and say God's going to work it out? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I'm laughing now because I know God's going to work it out because my God is a God of second chances and blessings and promises, and the Bible says that God has a plan for my life, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, right? Ha, ha, ha. So I had a laugh break. And guess what? The guy messaged me like 15 minutes later. And he's like, hey, I just found another 20, 220s in my pocket, right? I knew it was going to work out. The good thing. I was ready for it. Oh, man. And this happens all the time. All the time, things end up working out. And it's just like, like these shoes. Like I went in to go buy them, and they weren't even there. And I was like, ah, oh, I missed it. You know, and then and then two weeks later, I was like, you know what? I'm getting those shoes. I went back in to order them. Hannah will like this story because it's a shoe story and a sale rack. But uh, <laughs> but I go back to get these shoes and they didn't have them. They couldn't find them. But the guy brought them. Oh, they were on the clearance rack and they're 30 bucks off. And I was like, yes, God, God, I didn't need to be bummed out about it. It worked out. I'm just telling you that whatever it doesn't look like it's working out right now. It never does because there is a battle going on. And just get ready for the victory because Jesus makes us victory. And the Bible says in the book of John that he, who is the one that overcomes the world, but it's the one that believes on Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are an overcomer. You are victorious and the battle is yours. You have the great giant slayer spirit inside of your heart. You have the the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. And now death is defeated. Hallelujah. So we say no to fear. We take on the battle. And God is in the detours. And guess what? It's impossible odds. Giants are bigger than you. You can't beat them. Okay, you cannot beat them on your own strength. So when the battle looks bigger than you, just know that it's supposed to be bigger than you. And, and the, the thing, the destiny God has for you is so much bigger than you. So God has a way. So whether or not I lose all my money investing in this thing or that thing, God has more. And guess what? It's not about that anyway. It's about me developing patience and character and humility and love and righteousness and developing a right spirit in me so that I love Jesus and so that I love him. Because if you love him, you've got something great. If you've got faith, you've got the greatest gift there ever was. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I'm just going to ask you right now, have you forgotten to dream big? Are you settling for less? Have you stopped fighting? Or have you become like David's older brother who was kind of angry at David's boldness? David's older brother was like, who do you think you are? We've been, we've been trying to beat this guy for a long time. Who do you think you are? Don't be that Christian that sees somebody else with some boldness uh, and some faith and says, well, you can't, you, you can't overcome that thing. No, I'm telling you, God overcomes every giant. There is no giant that he can't overcome in you. So... Praise God. Who's a giant slayer? Hallelujah. 
Um, let's just, uh, let's pray. Let's go to God. Let's get our hearts right with God. And uh, Father, I thank you for what you've taught us this year. I thank you that in the midst of the battle and the tests, Lord Jesus, that there is a victory, Lord. And I know that a lot of people here are going through battles and tests. And uh, Lord, we need hope. We need faith. I thank you for the men that have gone before us, Lord. And I pray that we would learn from their example and, uh, and humble ourselves, Lord, and realize that we cannot do it on our own, but simply by turning to you, seeking your voice, seeking your direction, humbling ourselves, Lord, you will show us the way to go, God. Hallelujah. Bless this people today, Lord. Bless this church today. Give us boldness for souls to be saved, to be fishers of men, to, to be teachers and leaders and priests and, and good parents and, and overcomers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If that's you and you, you want a, the promised land of heaven, and you want Jesus in your life, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the Bible says if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, today you have a chance to possess the promised land that God has always wanted to give you. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been living in Egypt, you've been living in sin, you've been a slave to sin, God wants to set you free today. And all you have to do is call on him for salvation. Say, save me, Lord. So let's pray that prayer today. Pray this with me today if you want salvation and to possess the promised land. God, move on our hearts right now. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, I believe in you. Help my unbelief. Give me your faith. Save me, Lord. Make me new. Give me brand new life. Give me eternal life. Give me Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, if you pray that prayer, I want you to say this with me right now. Jesus is Lord. That's, that's the declaration. That's what changes everything. That's the first thing that you say out of your mouth that sets you in alignment with, with the, the plan that God has for your life. Jesus is Lord. If you need to start over in your life and you need a redirection, say, Jesus is Lord. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.